Good morning and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. And I'm Brian Moss. Special guest Brian Moss in the house. These Cartoonist Kayfabe videos are brought to you by the comics that we make. Ed Piscor's Red Room, Anti-Social Network, and Trigger Warnings, both in stores now, completely self-contained, which means you can pick up either of these books, whichever one you see first, and that is the perfect place to start. Brian Moss recently illustrated The Eightfold Path, get that wherever books are bought and sold, and his newest comic, Outer Heaven Number 1, available now, Outer Heaven Number 2, on its way soon. My latest Hulk Grand Design is in stores now and will be collected in a Treasury oversized edition in January 2023. You can pre-order that right now at your local comic shop or online wherever you buy books. And Street Angel, Deadly Scroll Live, back in print from Image after a year out of print. So pick that one up now wherever you get books. And uh, let's get into this video, man. What a pleasure to uh, go through some of Brian Moss's collection and starting with the official Marvel Comics tryout book from 1983. This is sort of a legendary project. Brilliant on Jim Shooter's part, man. Get everybody that wants to make comics to buy one of these things, and the best person gets a job. With the hope and promise that you may get an opportunity to make comics for us. When we look, you look at the literature from that time, it would say stuff in the editorial like, you may have a chance to <laughs> be right. a guy. You know, really hedging their bets so that they don't get into any weird like uh, legal entanglements. But B Moss, I gotta thank you so much, man, because I never laid my eyes on the interiors of one of these tryout books uh, in in my entire life, I saw digital. Of course, the Charles Burns inks right. over top of uh, John Romita are uh, some some famous. Or was it JRJR whose pages are? We'll, oh yeah, we'll yeah, JRJR. We'll uh, but I cannot like I, I purposely did not look through this thing so that we could like uh, catch reactions. Look how smart this is too. Twelve ninety five. You see, it's a giant book. You know, anybody at home like that's comic book size. Right. This is your eleven by seventeen. Like, and, this is it, how comics are the, made. In the era of what 40, 40 cents, sixty cents. Right. Exactly. And this would have been a revelation to me. Yeah. Just seeing like going through like remove the color, remove mm -hmm. the ink lines. Well, it's funny because immediately I think of you, Jim, and when I see this now, you know what I mean. It's it's amazing, you know, like from the get go. If I was if I saw this as a kid, I could not have resisted it, and it would have been begging the parents for thirteen bucks. <laughs> feels it feels kayfabe, right? That's Mark or Dane, Doc Martin dies. Right, yeah, right agree. there. Yeah, it's probably not what it looks like if you're color actually coloring this thing. But let's dive in and uh, man, Jim Shooter name prominently featured on the spine. By the way, <laughs> this was a good idea, and uh, he knew it. You can see his intro. You know, just give me a chance. Really reaching out to those aspiring creators. And you wonder, like, is this something that he gets at comic shows? Like, having people just constantly coming up with submissions and stuff, and a light bulb goes off of, like, you know what? There's, you a, there's an audience for this. Just even as a teacher and doing workshops and stuff, you see so many common mistakes. So this could be an opportunity to, like, address those common mistakes, get those out of your practice exactly. ASAP, and fucking become a pro if you're trying mm. to become a pro. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, because the beauty about this book, um, because, you know, there's How to Draw the Marvel Way, but this just strips away everything. So I actually find this to be more utilizing and like more effective than the how to draw the Marvel way. Yeah, so, yeah. Because it's about practice and application rather exactly. than just, just like hearing what John Buscema wants you to do. Check out that name. That's before. <laughs> it's funny because on the coverage, GRJR, but then he uses this, uh, you know, middle initial in there. I love too that they make it like a comic. Yeah. yeah, like like you could easily have your just dry like you know how many heads yeah. tall characters, but no, like we're gonna get it's a like, giant splash yeah, page. Yeah, like, like, if you're gonna do this, you're gonna do this right. Absolutely. <laughs> Keep going, man. Chrissy Shield on the colors on this, so it's giving you the bare bones. This is what a Marvel comic looks like, ladies and gents. And as you know, 
the Doc Martin. Yes, sir. And the cool thing, like the thing about Doc Martin dyes, as opposed to any other medium for their color guides, is that you apply the dye to this, and it's not gonna, um, the color's not gonna appear over top of the black. Those dyes get absorbed into the fiber of the paper, so the black is still black. And the whole point of it is really just to send it off to that Connecticut house, so mm -hmm. those matronly old ladies are color cutting exactly. band-aid dots to uh, approximate the colors that you have available. This is the stuff that me and Jimmy are talking about where you have maybe 64 colors to use in, in, your, in your palette, but look at all the diarrhea in yeah. here. Like, there's these no reason. Bottom two rows are yeah. all just brown greens. <laughs> Get rid You're of using it. one of those, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is great stuff though, just getting the outline of like what you're trying to do here. Because I've seen Shooter talk about like coloring, yeah. and it's real sound advice, like like basic color theory stuff. But you know, this is your goal, clarity, depth, convincingness. Mm -hmm. um, that's the kind of stuff that like, it seems like obvious, but it's perfect, especially for if you're making your own comics and trying to figure this stuff out. You need to come across this somewhere. They got good pages for it too, like you could imagine, you know, a little kid is coloring in between you know, like all that stuff and just using all the colors in the crayon box and it's like this is a perfect opportunity to create a separation of foreground middle ground background what is the focal point and these are like if you're submitting these pages these are the ones that shooters really looking at or whoever the submissions editor to see if you got what it takes to be the colorist yeah, and heavy, uh, you know, like this is Bristol paper, you know, it's like... Which yeah. is not, yeah, which is not what the traditional guides would be on. They were just literally Xeroxes. If I had this book, this is what I'd be drawing on, like the blank sheets. <laughs> this would have been amazing. It took me forever to find, like, decent 11 by 17 paper whenever I, whenever I read that's what you're supposed to use. Yeah. It's interesting, too, because it feels as if the quality is actually different than current paper in the sense of the Bristol board. So I actually was surprised by that part of yeah, it. Yeah, it's definitely Bristol vellum, the, yeah. tooth, the toothy stuff. Yeah. But just like even how substantial this book is, you know what I mean? Like, the integrity of it, it's kind of wild, and it still holds up at this point, yeah. you know? I had the uh, the second tryout kit, the one that was like Andy, oh, Andy Cooper in the late 90s. The boo-boo one? <laughs> <laughs> and it would have, um, like, preparation, so, yeah. so you just, like, Rip it out. Yeah. pull your pages out. Absolutely. And once again, man, every job that you see in the credits are going to be outlined in this book. Mm -hmm. So and here's your inking info. That simplicity, too, of just the con of just telling you what it is, you know what I mean? And it's like, even that, like the idea of a goal, yes. you know what I mean? Yeah, that's the uh, conscious, that's conscious incompetence. Now mm -hmm. you know what you don't know. Exactly. Put it to practice. And it's interesting because like you read what the inker's going to do here, and it's like, control of value. Not anymore, you know? It's like the colorists have taken over so much of what the inkers yeah. used to do here. Ooh, he's saying the inkers are tracers. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> my first I... job in comics was inking, man, so don't, don't, don't throw inking shade my way. <laughs> now, aren't these beautiful still? Oh, so that good. amazing. Holds up. And yeah, what, I'm and looking it, at the monitor to see, hopefully these things are showing up because they are very light. But this is what we would know as like non-photo repo blue. So Jim, can you imagine when oh, you're a kid is. and you get this, this wouldn't make any sense to you. You'd be like, wait, what? Why are they blue? <laughs> My pencils don't look like this. <laughs> right, exactly. I remember the first time I used the blue pencil and I was just like, wait, I don't understand the point of this at all. So like I can imagine, you know, when this was first printed, I think it was like 82, and if you were a kid getting that, you would not understand what the hell is going on. And, and I feel like you wouldn't want to molest your shit. Like, you just practice. Like this. It's like, Mom, we got to go to Kinko's. Like, I understand you, you just spent 13 bucks to get me this thing, and like, a Atari tape is like, you know, $20. Right. But we got to go to Kinko's because I need to, like, 
do some test tries before yeah. I ink this thing. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be terrified to actually put yeah. ink on this paper. Yeah. It's beautiful though, like actually looking at it now, like I want to take this home and ink it now. Totally. We know Richard Jr.'s pencils are so inviting to an inker. Yeah. It is, but then you guys, very interesting problems to solve as an inker. We're using black and white line reproduction. So we're seeing the drapery of the bottom of that chair and we're seeing uh, yeah. value over top. So now you have to be Al Williamson. That's exactly and, <laughs> and, 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 and figure this shit out, you know, like that little bit of stuff. If you ink that with line, you're gonna fuck up Peter Parker's face. Right. He's gonna look like the demolition axe. Yes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so like you gotta, you gotta be choosy or geez, imagine how haggard you're gonna make this bitch. Right. On, on them lips. It's such good drawing though, right? Yeah. Like, so good. I'm actually surprised at how refined his style was at this point still. You know what I mean? I wonder if he's, this may be kayfabe and that I bet he's doing real tight pencils for this project. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Oh yeah, he's not gonna like show his worst side. You know and, what I mean? Yeah, and he's, and he's, he's not gonna rush the job. And he's um a good guy because like, um, Buscema would be so much more insurmountable. There's a little bit of wonk mm -hmm. to this era of JRJR that's like, mm -hmm. okay, like maybe that's a little bit more accessible to, to uh, a noob, because you can't have um, Art Adams or something, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. like, right. Like you need, to, you need to start somewhere, and this is a good place. And you're so right about some of the hatching. Like I look at that jacket, and it looks like it's just full. It's solid it's black, black, but you look close, and it's like oh, there are wrinkles and folds and stuff mm -hmm. in yeah. there. So. so I feel like if I, if I would approach it, I'd leave some space around that, the drapery, yeah. and, then, and then do it all black, and then hit it with some white to try to be impressive to Jim Shooter. And be like, yo, Jim, you're Mount Lebanon, man. Homestead. <laughs> Homestead. My dad worked in the mill, too. I also like seeing the lettering, because that was something I'd always read about in those how-to books. And it was like the letter would do the borders, all this stuff. And then you see, like, oh, phone, like incidental lettering in the panel. Mm -hmm. Leave that up to the letter, too. My man, Phil Felix, a teacher at the Qbert School, I, I would talk to him and be like, okay, so when you were fucking lettering the nom, that means you got Mike Golden pencils. And then you had the, like, lettering guide, Ames lettering guide on top of Mike Golden pencils. And, and put in your letter and give it back. So you got to see his pencil. Did you make Xeroxes? Like, I would just like chew his head <laughs> off about that stuff. Can you imagine the pressure of that? Like having a Mike Golden pencil show up and you're gonna just oh, start dropping right. it on it's it. Like, no way, your own yeah. This is lines. the one I always remember yeah. from Charles Burns. Because <laughs> yeah. Charles Burns just couldn't help himself, dude. Yeah, yeah, that's when he goes off the rails. <laughs> that's amazing, that's begging you to do something. That's a ridiculous panel. <laughs> just shirtless Parker, Super. flexing. Super, with that like quaff. You know, that's a yuppie, that's a Gordon Gecko. You know what that is? That's Matthew McConaughey and Wolf of Wall Street right there, man. <laughs> this is uh, this How many is, times a day you jerk off? This is John, John Romita Jr., dude, getting ready for the disco. <laughs> you only jerk off twice a day? That's rookie numbers. It's <laughs> <laughs> almost Jake the Snake Roberts over here. It absolutely totally is, villain. man. Post-crack. <laughs> <laughs> that's a nice sample. So, like, five pages of... of Pretty stellar pencils to work I on. I think that's the deal. Five, five of everything, man. Mm. You had about six to color because you because you you know get them to size and stuff. But I actually think about this, guys, because we know the outcome of this. You know, Mark Bagley. Yeah, exactly. Now think about that because JRJR fits into that weird space of like you know coming off of his father and then like that generation in the early '80s. But he somehow transcended that because you associate him more with those guys. What I personally do with like. Your Eric Larson's and those guys. So it's kind of funny to see, like, they're like looking at his work or tracing, you know, or figuring out their style through this. So it kind of like is a cool riff to see that 
transition that generational thing put together. You're right. I never even thought about that. Like the amount of influence this would have had on like yeah. a generation of you know 15, 16, 17. Exactly. Like guys that are coming up and are ready to go, and then you get this. It's it'd be everything. It'd yeah. Be like this is what you got to do. And and I was thinking about like looking at her hair because it is just these like scripts. That's a Eric Larson. It's, it's a know? lot of people. Yeah, it's yeah. stuff that we'll pull out in some of the comics we look at, especially the 80s stuff, where it's like, that's mm. just a texture and we read it as hair. Yeah, right. I love that stuff. Yeah, that's um, when Klaus Jansen inks Wolverine chest hair. You know that texture, man. <laughs> All right, now to the lettering. Sweet. So here we go, Ames guides. Yep. You get your, your different uh, speedball nibs. Which uh, we've seen in some different places lately. Funny pages, man. You don't ink with this shit. <laughs> the question is, how many people actually did this part? You know that's the point, dude. I, even at the uh, Cubert School, man, uh, when we would have our lettering class, dudes would dip. Yeah. It was real disrespectful, because <laughs> they would just disappear. You know, you have two classes a day, three and a half hours a piece. Mm -hmm. And like when Uncle Phil came in with his little toolbox, and and he what he was working on at the time, he was just basically like. Here's High Eisman's assignments. Like, I'm going to grade him. He's old as fuck right now and can't be doing four classes a week. Uh, I got a letter, um, Batman Adventure, uh, no, Superman Adventures for DC. That was like the last hand lettered book. And he was doing that shit. And he's like, do what the fuck you guys do. I'm going to be lettering. And people would just get up and bounce, <laughs> who do whatever so the sad. hell they did. And like, I took it so serious because being down with indie comics, and seeing Klaus and Pete Bag yes. and seeing Robert Crumb and uh, Chester Chester Brown, like everybody with their hand styles, the um, low pros. So like I was, I was uh, making a concerted effort to 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 come up with the you know the Eddie P font. Mm -hmm. It's interesting also because if you think about this, if you wanted to game the system. All you had to do was like practice the lettering, skip the like inking or competing in those parts. You're getting in. Just yeah, you will be the only one. You will have that job. That was the other thing too, man. I remember reading interviews with, with the Cuber brothers and not understanding what nepotism was or how that shit worked, right. but reading that they were like twelve year old professional yeah. letterers. And I read that when I was twelve, maybe, and like, okay, this is how I'm going to get my first job. Yeah, right. yeah, that, that's good stuff. It's such a take. I, like it makes me wonder. Like everybody else who's twelve and wants to make comics, like why weren't they following that that note? You know, like figuring totally. out their own lettering. And check this out, man. Because like if you, this is this goes. This is the difference between jobber and cartoonist, right? Because like the jobber follows rules and directions. So like those other pages are the ones to ink. You don't ink these right. when, when any right. of us are like, But these oh, have Spider-Man. It's like, no, this is what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? This panel especially. Yeah. What fun that would be. Yeah. It's hard for me not to bust out the, the brush pen right now. <laughs> <laughs> if you left us alone with this, Brian, and you're right. you don't come back when you come back. <laughs> oh, man. It makes so much sense, though, that like Charles Burns would get hold of this and have to like play around with it totally. because like it's very inviting. It would be yeah. very fun to like... It'd be fun to letter this. What do we get? Four pages of, of lettering to do? Just two. Just two pages. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, you have to commit. <laughs> we're getting in and totally. out. Totally. But you're right about inking this, too. Like, that's how you end up with a really nice piece. This mm -hmm. is the shit that you know. Jim Shooter's in the office with, like, um, Annie Nocenti and Louise Simonson and shit. And they're cracking open the brandy. They're putting a little ice cubes on it. And, like, let's read the scripting part of these people's <laughs> Marvel tryout shits. <laughs> Let's go, ladies. Because you know that shit is ridiculous. Because it's it's um, Xerox copy of a Xerox copy of like Stanley, Roy Thomas, Steve Englehart, like all a, a million years worth of comic reading, and then now it's gonna be like, 
hey, bad guy, like, are you breaking into a window right now? Probably describing exactly the oh, shit man. we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 200, 200 words on each of these panels. Descriptions <laughs> for the captions. And you got you to show those purple pros. And it's all cosplay. Oh, oh dude, dude. Oh, I, want Tim, I want Tim Vigil to script this page. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this one right there. Yeah, because, I mean, that pose with that cock tip. <laughs> right. And she's leaving real satisfied and stuff. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to smash that again. Wow. I'm going to smash that tomorrow. Because he, 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 likes, he likes bossiness. Can this mm. be an accident? You don't put a page like this together. Like, how else do you read this? Man. That's so you see your plot outline, too. I would see these once in a while. I remember seeing, like, a Peter David Hulk plot, and it was, yeah. like, three pages. It was mostly a fight scene, and it's real loose, you know? It was, right. like, really up to the artist to interpret it, but it was like, this is what we got to do in these three pages. So kind of neat to see this. I don't think anybody works this way anymore. Maybe Frank Miller. But this you, is you a know rare who does, thing to yeah, give up. Uh, it's, um... Greg Coppola was on Fat Man on Batman, the, uh, the, the Kevin Smith Batman podcasts. And when he was connecting with um, Scott Snyder, uh, Scott Snyder was a full script dude. And Greg Coppola like, tosses it back like, give me plots, man. Scott Snyder's like, uh, you know, I, I've won like, you know, X amount of um, Eisner Awards. <laughs> and I think he said something, Greg Coppola said something like his wife said, Tell him to stick his Eisner Awards up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty rare. I think John Romita Jr. was talking about Frank Miller working this way, and he liked it. I think it was him. might have been Quietly. But one of those guys talking about liking this plot method, because it, it is pretty rare. So whenever it pops up, they liked it. I think Kelly Sue DeConnick wrote plot method for one of those guys, too. Uh, but that's about it. Like, it's rare that somebody works that well, way. Well, it's a writer-driven medium now. Like, you're just drawing talking heads for these writers. All right. And now it's expectations. You probably have a generation of artists that are used to having like that kind of micro direction. Well, yeah, they're not cartoonists. They're not storytellers. Yeah, it's like tell, tell me what to draw. I'll draw it. This is amazing. I had no idea there were this many like pencil pages scattered mm-hmm. throughout. Yeah, and it's cool because because this might be considered uh, breakdowns. It's a pleasure to look at. Like but, I said, but what every I'm saying, one of these pages I want to put ink on. I get it, but what I'm saying is this might be breakdown, so it's like an opportunity to like, you know, add your finished pencil over top and, and, and have that collaboration. I mean, even look at this, like this is almost like a blank slate, you exactly. know? So it just gives you a little bit of structure. It doesn't even like tell you where the blacks would drop if you were to have any, so it's kind of interesting to actually, you know, you could do something, you could really go off on something like that. I want to see more Bagley shit. I want to see what impressed uh, the Marvel cats. Man, penciling has like the most description of what you need to do. Because you know that's what everybody wants to do. Yep. I like the uh, the simple breakdowns too, like long shot, medium, close ups. That's all you need. Truncated Marvel comics, um, how to draw comics the Marvel way type stuff. Yeah. Just give you the give you the, the basic stuff. Here's your plot. Get busy. And here's your pages. Are they perforated? Yup. Yep. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Is there Brian, one? It looks like you tore one off. <laughs> I know, dude. I didn't even realize that. That's funny. <laughs> Yeah, but isn't that inspiring? Like, now it's just, like, potential, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's potential, and it's that thing people talk about of being, like, intimidated by the blank page. Yeah. Because you think of all those pages we've seen up to this point, and now you get mm-hmm. to this page. There's a reason you put this in the back of the book. Right, exactly. Because uh, if this were page one, I feel like it'd be... I don't d- think they talk too, about too thumbnails or nothing, mm-hmm. man. So, so that's, like, that's a, that's a missing piece, and, and that's probably one of those... Um, things where you could a writer put this book together because mm-hmm. the thumbnail is a very liberating notion you know and that's something that i didn't even really think too much about before going to art school uh it was it was the teachers who were like oh no 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 guys like uh 
Every house has a blueprint, like, fucking work it out on some bullshit paper, get confident, get comfortable, and if it's even tight, you might even be able to blow it up and, like, trace some stuff off, and, and, and so much of your work could be done. You know, a lot of these guys would um, do the thumbnails about this, this size and literally work out their full um, perspectives, because when you go to this size paper and you got to put a um, vanishing point, right. you know, 20 feet away, Maybe you don't have the Jeff Darrow table that his dad built him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, so like that, you just, this is a book created by the comic book writer. It could be a perfect book if there was some like real art artistic input beyond close up shot, medium shot, you know. It, it is a, such a powerful tool doing those layouts. Cause like my first Street Angel series, mm -hmm. no layouts. I didn't start that until I did Plain Janes and the editor was like, do layouts. Cause yeah. for different reasons. And I would do very detailed ones for that book. Yeah. And skip penciling, like you said. Right. You know, it was a deadline crunch, but like, it's a tool. Yeah, and that's it's a really strong one. To not be mentioned is, um, you're leaving a big piece off the table and for he, everybody. And he might not have even known, which, which is a weird thing because it's Jim Shooter. Like, he's famous for basically drawing those Legion of Superheroes comics on type and paper, giving them to Kurt Swan, right. who, who pretty much sticks to the compositions. So that is an unfortunate uh, oversight. I absolutely love this as, like, your checklist. I feel like that's something, like, tape up on your drawing board or on the wall or something, wherever you're working, because it's super basic, but... That's you need those things. Yeah, like, yeah. Like if they're not in there, or if something's not working, check the list mm -hmm. and see if you've covered all these all these basics. So it's kind of interesting too, because like I don't know if you guys had this problem, but the idea of Bristol board, like I didn't know about it until I read about it. Yeah. And so it was like this abstract concept, you know what I mean? So the idea of that just being included and accessible is what would be like such a powerful idea. And then obviously it's blue lined, which like gives you that confidence right yeah it feels so, professional yeah so it's like i'm curious of like how this was distributed though that's the one thing i couldn't find out you know what i mean because it's like if you had access to this you would treat this as like an art supplies kind of thing you know what right. i mean right i see what you're saying yeah i'm willing to bet that it's probably mostly through direct market distribution channels mm -hmm. but some stuff would creep into like a pack Catans. yeah you know there'd be interesting mm. like like um those walter foster books or whatever yeah they would have dropped the ball if they weren't able to get this into some of those um, arts and crafts stores right and also like i would guess some bookstore stuff in conjunction with like how to draw comics the marvel Absolutely. way because that's where i found my copy of that the first time and you know they had some inroads into bookstores and they were probably trying to exploit that too totally fantastic man this is a, a big check off the uh, list of things I've wanted to see in my in my life and the submissions. I was gonna say this is a nice piece right here. Uh, I've been cleaning up my my work area and finding some of my rejection letters yeah. and stuff like that. That submission stuff was such a big piece, and now like I don't know, you know, in most cases I'm not even sure that you can submit to a Marvel or DC. Yeah, not in this, cold in this way. Mm -mm. Not yeah, cold there's nowhere to submit to really. Just yeah, you do got, it. You got to show up at Baltimore Comic Con, New York Comic Con, have a schedule a meeting. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's there's a barrier these days. Yeah, it was such a simple thing that you used to be able to just like I'd be thirteen mailing off the worst pages Absolutely. in the world. But you know, <laughs> even then you'd get a form letter back or some, somebody at least it saw was, them. And it was like, yeah, you're not. It was a big deal. <laughs> ready. when you get your first personal rejection. Yes, like yeah. that's that's the thing that you're chasing first because mm -hmm. at a, at a certain point you, reality kicks in and you're like, okay. I accept I'm not gonna get the gig, but let me see if I get that personal rejection. And then it comes like maybe the phone call rejection. We're like, dude, you're not there. Thanks again for sending this. Keep it up. You're rocking the house. Maybe do this, this, this. And then it just takes one editor. That was the Tom McFarlane thing that I took away as a kid. It takes one guy to say yes. I got yes. 700 rejections. Steve Englehart called my trailer home. 
and gave me an opportunity. You just need one. Yeah. Talk about small victories. Just that little handwritten note at the yeah. bottom of that re rejection letter is like a whole different yeah. kind of rejection. Like, it's a little juice. Yes. It's a little bit of, you know, gas because, in the Because tank. they're paying attention at that point. Exactly. You know what I mean? And that's all you need is just one little thing to keep going. That's it, man. Shouts to Harvey Pekor who gave me Dude, a bit that first awesome, game, man. man. Brian Moss, thank you so much for for, us, for sharing this with us. Man, totally. No problem. Recording on uh, location, Columbus, Ohio. Let's get the hell out of here. Kate Favors, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are out there. Jimmy, what do you got, man? Hulk Grand Design is in stores now. Two oversized issues telling the 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk. The Treasury Collection will be out in stores in early 2023. Pre-order that now wherever you get your books. Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive. Back in print after almost a year from Image Comics. Eight complete full-color stories, so pick that one up in time for Christmas. Make the perfect gift for the uh, the ninja fan in your life. Be Moss, tell the people what's out there, dude. We got Eightfold Path through Abrams' uh, Megascope line, so please check that out. I, I really appreciate that. And then we have Outer Heaven, which I also published. I'm working on issue two now, which will be available in a couple months. And you got that Patreon, right? Oh, uh, yeah, we can't forget that. What's My Patreon is Strange Things Moss, and then you can also follow me on Instagram, under the same name, Strange Things Moss. There it is. Red Room Trigger Warnings. Red Room, the anti-social network in stores right now. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game. In Red Room, every issue self-contained, every book self-contained. So it doesn't matter which one of these you see on the racks for the first time. Scoop it up, give it a shot. You dig it, try the other one. All this material and more is at my Patreon. Uh, three bucks for the archive there. More than 300 pages worth of comics, and I put new strips up every Tuesday. Jimmy, tell the people what else we have out in the wild, man. Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, hats, merchandise, fanny packs, and more at our spread shop in the links below this video. Another great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Giving those marching orders will be on our way. Make more comics.